Hey and welcome to Trail Trials, the video review section of iRunFar.com. My name is Travis Lyles and in this video we're going to take a look at the Sunto 9 Borrow Edition. So before we get going, I want to just sort of throw a disclaimer out there. Generally our reviews cover things like shoes and jackets and those kind of things, things that are static. So while we can talk about tread and shoelaces and materials that are used, that thing is, is what that thing is. With the device, especially now, things change over time. So in six months from now, looking back at this review, there may be features that are added to the device, that are enhanced, that make it perform better or add new things to it that, that don't exist right now. So with that in mind, what I want to do is talk about one, the device and what it is all up. What are its features? What are the things that it does? And then specifically, I want to concentrate on two features of this device that I feel separate it from the tens of twenties of hundreds of other types of devices that you could use to go out and track your ultra running and running adventures with. So with that in mind, let's talk about the basics. This is the borrow edition, meaning it has a built-in barometer. So what that means is on top of using GPS data to find your altitude and how much you've climbed, it's also using barometric pressure. It can do other things as well, like weather alerts, for example, to tell you if a storm is rolling in and alert you on the device. So this one has all the stuff uh, in terms of the Sunto 9 collection. Again, this is the borrow edition. What else does it do? Well, it's a GPS tracking device. It also has built-in heart rate monitoring, so you can use it with a heart rate strap, but like a lot of the industry, it is moving towards a wrist-based tracking. That wrist-based can be used not only in activity tracking, but it can also be used for day-to-day -day activities. So what is my resting heart rate when I get up? What is my resting heart rate throughout the day? We can also do things like, with the device, like tracking steps. So it's a daily activity tracker as well as tracking things like sleep. So this device, while yes, built for that audience of ultra runners, people that do big things outdoors and spend lots of time in remote places and need things like weather alerts and, and battery to get me through a 24 hour plus uh, activity, it also can do things like what we see for standard activity trackers. How many steps did I walk today? What's my resting heart rate? And did I get my eight hours of sleep that I'm looking for? So what are the two things that separate this from the herd? Well, one is the intelligent battery features and the other is the fuse track technology. So let's dig in and talk about what those things are. So from the intelligent battery feature, I would argue that this is probably the most interesting of most of the devices out there and I'm actually surprised that we haven't seen this on something before. So we've all sort of tinkered around I would suspect with devices and how do I keep it charged and I carry a battery pack with me because I know it's going to die at 18 hours or whatever that thing is and there's always been this idea of it would be really great if I could figure out a way for a device to tell me based off your settings you're going to get this type of battery life and if something happens of a limited view of the sky, it's cloudy, whatever, that that device, if the battery is dying, maybe quicker than assumed, it dropping down and giving me an option to continue tracking while maybe not as accurately, but allows me to get through my adventure, my race, my whatever, my run, and the watch not die. And that's exactly what this device does. And the way Sunto does this is what's called sport modes. Now those sport modes go into a couple of different categories. So you have performance, which means it's going to ping the GPS satellites at every second and give you the most detailed data that it can. 
in that mode we're looking at about 24 hours of battery life which is good for almost all things the second one is endurance mode and endurance mode moves us up to a 50 hour training and then from there we actually go into what's called ultra and that is a uh, 120 hour all of these things get less and less accurate as we go so performance it's going to give you your best amount of data it's going to lay down your track the most accurately on the map it's going to have your data points sort of lined up because it's pinging every single second as we move farther up we're moving into multiple seconds or even minutes between the time that these devices go out and and ping so again depending on the type of activity how long you're going to be there and what your access is to figure out um, if I can charge this thing up it, it sort of gives me this recipe for making sure that my watch is going to keep going even when my normal one might die but what else is interesting about this well that's the setup on the beginning the nice thing about that is I can change that any time that I want throughout an activity. So if I start off in performance mode and I left the house and my watch was at 25% and I assumed I was going to be able to get through my activity that day, I may look down and go, ooh, not going to be able to make it. I'm going to go ahead and change this on the fly. The other thing that the watch will do is actually pop up and say things like, hey, based off of what you're doing, you only have an hour and a half or two hours of battery life left. Would you like to change to a different mode to make sure that you get through it? So you can make those decisions on the fly as you go. And one of the things I find really helpful is the device will not die completely. It will actually move to a old school classic just chrono mode where it shuts off, it shuts off all the things and it continues to track regardless of the fact of the battery being dead. So I don't get GPS but I can at least stop the watch at the end and say that thing took me six hours and ten minutes uh, versus the old model which was my watch would just die and I wouldn't have anything on the display at all. So next up I want to talk about the fuse track technology and fuse track technology actually plays into the battery mode that we talked about. So this is to me is also a really interesting function of this device. So the device having GPS in it knows where you are. You start it, right? It's got a point. It's going to drop that on a map. It also has other data that it knows about that point, like barometer or altitude. And the device will actually use that sensor data along with right, the swinging of your arm that it gets from that daily tracking type of stuff to make some assumptions on a route. So let's talk about a practical example about how that works. Right here above me, I have two screenshots of a run where I did the exact same route on different days using different settings of the watch. One of these shows the normal performance mode getting tracks every one second. That one does exactly what you'd expect. It follows the route every second gives me all this data. The one on this side used the fuse track technology so I turned it off I put it in the ultra training mode so I have this huge battery life and I let the device go out and do its thing which is every couple of minutes to record my um, location via GPS but what it's doing is it's filling in that data that it doesn't have with other data that it knows about so what is what are those things well again it knew my starting point from when I took off and it knows my altitude as I go my barometric pressure so as I climb it's getting more data you're going uphill so you must have gone this way point A was here point B was here and you went uphill and this looks to be the location that you traveled and this is all done trying to fill in the gaps with other sensor data that the watch has on it and to me this blows me away because it was able to create a pretty like 
track without having every second data. So why I bring that up is this to me is is really incredible. So yes, the track is a little bit different. In fact, it's actually a little bit longer uh, than my one here on the other side that is the very specific high performance GPS tracking. But I was still able to lay down a really good track using sensor data and having a watch that would basically last for like five days. So let's talk about a couple of downsides to the device. So one is, is the software platform currently. Um, there are two plays where, where this device comes in. So you have the Suunto app, which is Suunto's acquisition of a company called Sports Tracker, and that's where you track some of your data at, uh, or you can track all of your data at if you choose. And then there's the old world of Moves Count, and if you've been in the Suunto ecosystem at all, you'll know that Moves Count is where you have your data, where you plan routes, where you can have that data, go to Moves Count, and then go out to third-party services like Strava or whatever it is that you might use. On the Suunto app side, we lose some of that. We lose some of that ability to share. We lose some of those, what I would call, really great features uh, in terms of building out big routes in the middle of nowhere and those types of things. It, it just doesn't work quite as well. Where do I change my screens at? What are my best ways to interact? I have to have two logons. Now, the software platform will evolve, and that's what I brought up at the beginning of this. So over time, we expect that to get better. We expect a migration of those two platforms together. But right now, it's just something you have to look out for. You can get by, use Moves Count, and be perfectly happy with this device. But if you want to start adding in those day-to-day -day tracking features like steps and heart rate and sleep, you're going to have to sync to two platforms at the same time. Maybe not a big deal, um, but it is just something that you'll want to, uh, to keep in mind if you're really looking to use this device in whole as not only that thing that you use on, on activities, but also for day-to-day -day types of, of things like steps and heart rate and, uh, and sleep tracking. The other thing is the wrist-based heart rate. I have really small wrists, as you can see from here. This is a big watch with a large face on it, and I don't always get what I would, would hope for in terms of, of readings. Uh, in fact, Suunto even put a tutorial in their app to show you the best way to wear this watch to get the best types of readings from it. Uh, and I've tried all types of things of, you know, locking it down really, really tight, which I will say this band does an excellent job of doing, um, to shaving part of my arm to get some of the hair off of it so that it got a better reading, um, and it's just kind of hit and miss in terms of activity tracking. I think day-to-day -day walking around, it's fairly reliable and it does a good job. Your results may vary, and that's always the case with these types of things, uh, especially if you have darker skin tone or lighter skin tone. There's all types of variables that can come in with heart rate reading and um, for me, I guess it's probably small wrist and, and big dial uh, that makes it maybe not locked down for me. So to wrap this up, who's this device for? Well, it's not for a person that wants a traditional or even what we might call a, a new smartwatch. You can install apps on it. You have a limited number of pre-installed faces that have colors that you can change for a little bit of customization. It does notifications. You can't really reply to them in a, in a you know, much more than kind of a yes-no type of way. So it's not a smart watch, but it has some of those baseline features. It has activity tracking, but there's some software nuances with it. Where this thing shines is big adventures in big places. I want to track a 20-hour run, and I want to know if it's going to storm during that. This watch does it. I'm going to go for 120 hours. I want as good of GPS performance as I can, 
but I still want to be able to track that and hope that it's it's as accurate as possible. A, it can do that. B, it has all this cool fuse technology that it can pull sensor data, that it can pull GPS data, that it can pull altitude and barometric pressure, and it can take all that and sort of build out this, this track that you lay that it can fill in even when it doesn't have an actual data point for every second. I want a device that's sturdy. It's that as well. This thing I feel like really checks the boxes for the endurance athlete. And they, it is, it is purpose-built and I feel like it hits on all those uh, check boxes really well. If you're looking for a, a device that can get you through your ultra marathon, pretty much regardless of distance, this thing's going to do it. And you can do it stair-stepping your way down from really good performance to, you know, performance of, again, that, that can last 120 hours. And then the intelligent battery features of things like, hey, it looks like you're probably going to go for a big run on Saturday because that's when you usually do it. Don't forget to charge it up. There's some neat things like that that are built in uh, as well. But when it's all said and done, having a device that can last an entire big race is is what I tend to look for in a device, and a device like this is, is doing exactly that. So, as always, any questions, comments, place those below the post. Thanks for watching, and we'll catch you next time.